coming up on NRL Teams. He missed out on the game's highest individual honour, but can Nathan Cleary steer the Panthers to their first premiership in 17 years? Speculation intensifies on Cameron Smith and his future, but is all the talk about the Storm skipper exactly what Melbourne want ahead of yet another grand final? And can Ali Brigginshaw and her Broncos do it again? Or will Bo Vede Walsh return to help the Roosters deny Brisbane a three-peat in the NRLW? Hello and welcome to our grand final edition of NRL Teams on NRL.com. Thank you for joining us all year. Robbie, Noddy, we finally made it. We didn't think we'd be here uh, back in March when COVID hit. But thankfully we are here. We had the game's night of nights in a virtual reality uh, world last night. And of course, Jack Whiten was named the best player in the league. So Robbie, he's the best 5 mm. best player in the league. But he's going to play centre for his state. Is, how does that work? Yeah, I don't know. You, look, you... I don't think that's decided yet either. I think he's still a chance of, of playing 5-8 for the Blues. Um, and, and you don't know. It's, it's three games in three weeks as well. Uh, there's a squad there. So I think at some stage during the series, Freddie is going to lean on all these players. Uh, there's going to be injuries. So, look, I think we, we might see him still in the 5-8 in the role as well. And deservedly so. He, he's been outstanding this year. Uh, he was in a side where we really took control of the, of the Raiders this year. They went through a lot of injury trouble throughout the year, but he, he led them deep into the finals and thoroughly deserved. Will he be wearing three, four or six in game one? Well, yeah, well, there's no Tom Travojevic. So probably New South Wales, mm. if they're lacking a position, it's probably in the centres. Uh, otherwise, we've got to go to some rookies uh, in, in that cap capability. But, yeah, he's certainly been a great player. He's a great runner. And, you know, if it goes back to... Um, depending, I suppose, who our halfback's going to be. Is it going to be Mitchell Pearce or Nathan Cleary, the incumbent from Game 3, or the player that started the series last year? Um, he's had a wonderful year, Jack White. And, and, you know, Ricky Stewart made that big decision a couple of years ago to turn him into a 5'8", wanted him to become that 5'8". Mm. Probably year one of that experiment wasn't great, uh, but Ricky persisted with it, and now he's one of the best 5'8s in the game all now the best player in the game. All right, the Storm and Panthers sides will drop in a couple of minutes. We'll get to them in a second. Let's touch on the Rabbitohs and Raiders, though, quickly. In 2021, will the Raiders go up or down? Will they go further in the comp or finish a week or two? Yeah, well, well further in the comp's grand final. Um, you know, two you know, grand final last year, prelim this year. Look, I think they're going to be up there again. They're, they're such a tough footy side. Uh, they've really built their culture in the last couple of years under, under their coach, Ricky Stewart. And this year, with all the injuries they had, no one really expected them to, to go as far as they did. So it was an outstanding effort. They obviously lose Kotrick um, and they lose John Bateman going back to England. Uh, they'll have Josh Hodgson back from injury, um, hopefully, from his knee. So, look, I, I think they'll be there, thereabouts and you know, I'll be tipping them to um, maybe go one better. OK, and what about the Rabbitohs? Three straight prelim finals losses, higher or lower finish in 2021? The same. <laughs> They're going to have four prelim final losses. I, I think they'll go relatively close to being very similar next year. Obviously, they get Jai Arrow, um, which is a high-quality player. Adds a bit more experience to their pack. They get a Latrell Mitchell fit if he can stay injury-free. Then at this time of year, they would have loved to have had Latrell Mitchell. So I think they're about the same position next year, that third or fourth position on the ladder, and just whether they can take that next step. All right, two bold, bold predictions for 2021. Let's take a look back at last week's predictions from Robbie and Noddy. I've got the Storm winning Friday night in Golden Point. Full time here at Sunport Stadium. Congratulations to the Melbourne Storm. And Penrith will win Saturday night by 10 plus. Penrith have won 2016. 
I think the Raiders can, can beat the Storm. I was going to say Golden Point, but I'm just going to go Raiders to win. <laughs> Jeez, I've added a stitch up there, just focusing on the... That's all right, you know, these things happen. I stuck solo with the Raiders all year, and unfortunately they couldn't get the job done last week. All right, but uh, the good news is they're back. Our NRL trading cards for 2020. We've got another giveaway uh, this week, and we are asking our viewers at home, what is the greatest grand final performance by an individual in the history of the game? Yours, just quickly. Oh, I think Luke Pritis in 03, while we're talking about Penrith in grand final, Finals, Clive Churchill medalist, stay in the wet, and they, they had victory. And yep. yours? Uh, Luke Keary, a couple of years back, uh, Cooper Cronk under uh, such an injury cloud, mm. was pretty much a passenger the whole game, and Luke Keary stood up and took control of that side. Okay, all right, send your answers into our Facebook on this NRL.com live stream of NRL teams. The buzzer is about to go. Right there, so that means the teams are officially in for the NRL Grand Final this Sunday at ANZ Stadium between the minor premiership winning Panthers and the boys that have been there many a time before, the Melbourne Storm. 7.30pm kickoff, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. He was subbed onto the bench an hour before their prelim, but Brent Naden has been named to start in the centres in Sunday's decider. That means Tyrone May is back in his usual spot on the bench. He's alongside Kurt Capewell, who makes way for Penrith's lethal weapon on the left edge. Returning from suspension in Jersey 11, Vili Army Kickow. As it stands, Mitch Kenny could miss out after being a surprise selection last Saturday. Abby Corusau says he's right to go, but Kenny could be a late inclusion if they are... Uh, if the hookup isn't 100% to go on Sunday. Uh, the grand final will also double as a big occasion for Nathan Cleary, who will play his 100th NRL match. All right to Melbourne, and things are very settled on the storm front. Craig Bellamy has named the same 17 that blew the Raiders off the park early last Friday. Brandon Smith has been cleared of a face fracture, while Dale Finucane has again been named on the bench after being a late inclusion last week. Tui Kamikamika is in Jersey 20 and could be a big late inclusion for the Storm if he overcomes an ankle injury in time by Sunday. All right, Brent Naden, he was named in the centres last week. Of course, he didn't play. They didn't get any game time uh, against... Uh, the Bunnies on Saturday night. Will he start in the centres on Sunday? I don't know. Such a big call last week. I was mm. uh, completely shocked by it and taken by surprise. And But it seemed to have worked well. But then for him not to actually get on the field as well, I thought, you know, is he going to get introduced at some period in the game uh, as a spark? But Torremay did so well defensively. But I think it's a different kettle of fish this week coming up against such a powerful opposition centre in Dustin Ollum. So it's gonna, he's going to be in a handful. And... I, Brett Naden's a bigger body, so do you go with a bigger body against such a powerful opposition centre or do you stay with Tyrone May, who did such a good job last week? Thankfully, I'm not the coach to come up with such a big call in such a big game. It, it definitely looked like it was a defensive ploy more than an attacking ploy because, obviously, that South Sydney's go-to edge. Cody Walker loves playing down that left edge. Tyrone May never got out of position on any occasion. There was never overlap crate on that side mm. of the park, so... Brent Naden, I think, would only have got on if he was an injury to the outside back. So what's going to happen is Mitch Kenny will definitely be the player who will come into the squad if Coruscant is under any doubt because then they've got a dummy half on the bench. So I would think this week's more important than ever to not show any defensive traits because the Melbourne Storm under Craig Bellamy, he's the best at picking a weakness and just challenging it. So if, if Tyrone May is a better defender, then I would think that would be the way they'd have to go, especially against the Melbourne Storm. Can Ivan Cleary afford to carry a Naden and a Kenny on the bench? 
but no. you're not going to play Brent Nader no. for 80 minutes again. No, no, no definitely not. Because you need to have your, your, your three middle forwards to be able yeah. to rotate. You're, you're playing a grand final that's going to be extremely fast. I feel like the, the style of football is going to go end-to-end. -end. They both play very similar styles. They play flat, they play fast. Um, you need to make sure you've got rotation covered in the forwards because they're going to gas themselves uh, and be pretty brutal. So you don't want to carry... A dummy half in case he plays dummy half and an outside yeah. back and just rely on two forwards rotation because the strength of Melbourne is also, you know, their bench comes off comes off the bench and makes a huge impact yeah. and it also lifts the game. And, and I think with Kikau coming back into the side, Capewell going back to the bench for the Panthers, I think that gives them better balance on their yeah. bench as well. So the only way I can see Kenny playing is if Coruscant gets ruled out. Okay, all right. Cam Smith, all the talk uh, about whether he will or won't play on as intensified and will kin continue to ahead of this match. Uh, Noddy, is this a good thing for the Storm and all of his other teammates who are going in under no pressure? Yeah, it makes it a normal week for them, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good for, from Cameron Smith to take all that pressure off the players as well. It's obviously such a huge moment in the game because we think the, the greatest player our game's ever had. Well, I think he's the greatest player we've had. No one knows what his future looks like. He hasn't asked Melbourne Storm for a contract beyond November 1 this year. Um, we saw the scenes last week where he, he was carried off and he was allowed to be carried off. So um, this is a just-in-case. He doesn't play again. But I Is it really a just-in-case? Well, I'm I'm, no one knows. There's no secrets in rugby league. If he mm -hmm. has told someone he's going to retire, it's the biggest news in the world at the moment. Um, Someone would know. So I think they don't know what he's doing. I think he does know in some regards, but he's obviously keeping it very quiet. And I've heard him make some comments. He's purely concentrating on his football, which takes a fair bit of his time. And at this time of year, you want to have no distraction so you can have the best performance on Sunday. Win or loss, will Sunday be his last game in the NRL? Win, yes. I think if they win, he's, yeah. it's definitely his last game. He'll go out as a premiership winner. Um, loss, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wants to go one better next year. But if I was a betting man, after seeing the scenes last week, I know they downplayed it and said, oh, you know, just in case we wanted to get a photo because you wouldn't want to regret it. But, look, I, I think they must know something for them to go to the lengths to get him chaired off the field last week at Suncorp. So if I was a betting man, I think it's his last game. And I reckon those other 16 players that are in the squad with him, we, we don't know who's going to play. I'm pretty sure in the back of their mind, they don't want to let Cameron Smith down on Sunday just in case it's his last game as well. They're, mm. they're all primed for their performance to make it the best game they've all had to, to send their captain and their leader out as that winner. All right, when it comes to experience, no one really in the current game has as much experience as Cam Smith on grand finals. The Melbourne Storm, for that matter, have got plenty of it over the last few years. Look at that. Grand final experience, 34 games for Melbourne, three for the Panthers. Smith has played in seven, Dale Finucane five. For the Panthers, James Tamo, Abby Corosau and Zane Tedovano are the only three who have experienced grand final footy. But interestingly, all three have won premierships on those occasions. So, Noddy, how big a factor are those numbers once the ball is kicked off on Sunday? Oh, it's a huge factor. Uh, the, the week's going to be a different week because normally you've got a lot of distractions with Fan Day, um, NRL bre or Grand Final Breakfast. And that's not going to happen this year, so they're going to be a bit quieter. Handling the occasion on Sunday is the biggest part of getting to the game. Um, not, not getting excited, not playing your game before you get there simplifying your game because it's probably going to be the, the high completion rate, the kicking game, the, the do all the, the one percenters they talk about correct. And, and, and I think Melbourne Storm, they pride themselves on that, that their effort level is always extremely high, their professionalism is extremely high. And I just feel like they've been there so often. What is it, every second year in the last 10 years, Melbourne Storm have played in the Premiership. Yeah, that means something on grand final day. But, Robbie, these Panthers haven't been yeah. overawed yet. They've stood up to the Roosters. They stood up well, to South. That was the question mark going in the final series. Yeah. Uh, the lack of experience, but 
you know, they found themselves down 12-0 to the Roosters. Didn't, didn't affect them. Came back and won. Similar situation with South. So I think sometimes the inexperience can work to your favour, like, because you, you kind of going into the unknown and they're so young and exuberant and, and they're just enjoying their football that I don't think it's going to affect them too much. I don't think they're going to be overawed by the occasion and sometimes that can be a good thing. I know for, for myself, you know, I made a grand final at 21 and we were just a bunch of kids having fun and we went out there and we played the grand final like we, were, like we played round one or, or round 20. Like It was no different for us. We drove ourselves to the game and it was just like a normal day, you know. And um, well, I think sometimes that could work in their favour and... You know, for the Storm, sometimes the pressure of being expected to win, I think everyone's going to expect them to win this week. They've been there before. They've got the experience. It's Cam Smith's last game. They've lost a few grand finals as well, the Storm. I know they've made a lot, but they've lost a few as well. So, you know, the ghosts of the past as well, if the game's tight, you know, they might start to panic a little as well. So, look, it could work in the Panthers' favour. Noddy, you spoke about high completion rates a short time ago. They're expecting some rain on the weekend. Uh, Sunday, 70% chance of rain, 5 to 15 mils of rain. Who does that favour if it does rain? Oh, it probably favours the Myrtle Storm and in a kicking game with Cameron Smith. They love that arm wrestle, they grind. Also, don't forget, Penrith have won 17 in a row, so they've yeah. learned how to win different styles of football. On the weekend, I saw two of the best kicks, and the mindset from them was was perfect from, from both Jerome Loy and Nathan Cleary. Long kicks, kick to the corner early, turn them around, be nice and patient. So... You know, I feel like the Melbourne Storm are a side that don't beat themselves too often. You've got to go out and beat them. Um, where that's what that, you know, if it's wet weather football, it's high completion rate, it's kicked to the corners early and be nice and patient. And, and I saw that twice on a few occasions from Penrith, but I also see that a lot from Cameron Smith. That's where he manages the game probably better than anyone. The Panthers were the best starters in the comp. They set a record through the regular season for not conceding any tries in the opening 20 minutes. But as you mentioned, Robbie, slow yeah. off the marks out of the blocks against the Roosters and Souths. But surely they can't afford to let Melbourne take a lead on Sunday. No, they can't do that this week. I think yeah, they're coming up against a different opposition this week. And the Storm are such good front runners, yeah. As Noddy said, they'll get to the front. They'll just kick you to death. They'll kick you to death. They'll wrestle you to death. They'll slow the ruck down. They'll play the game at their own speed. And they're very hard to chase down when they get out to a lead early on. So the start for the Panthers this week is going to be so crucial. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, we spoke about the kicking game in Cameron Smith, but I think the kicking game in Nathan Cleary is just as important. Uh, he's their key player. He just controls that side. If it's going to be wet, even more, there's going to be even more importance on him as well. And, and Penrith had an ability all year to score points off kicks. They scored two tries last week off kicks as well. So the wet could play into their hands if they get their kicking game right. All right, one player that won't miss the start on Sunday is a player that's had an extra week off and he is your game-breaker for the Panthers. Yeah, this is a huge bonus for them. And again, that left edge for Penrith last week didn't look like they created an overlap because this big beast wasn't out there running and isolating defenders. Uh, you definitely got to make sure you're protecting your halfback when he's in front of you uh, because you've got, to, you've got to put two blokes in front of him. You're mindful of him. He runs, I think, the best change of angle on the competition. He's skillful. He's fast. He'll come up with a big tackle. Uh, we've seen him sort of challenge from back row with one-on-one -on -one, um, throughout the season. So he's fresh. He's had two weeks off. He should be certainly um, you know, coming out of the gates 100 mile an hour. Well, Noddy's gone with a big, bustling back rower. You've gone with a very, very fast fullback as your game-breaker. Yeah, Ryan Pappenhausen. He, he just, his game continues to get better week in, week out. Uh, not only his speed, his support play around the ruck, his ball-playing ability on the edges, but then defensively as well. Some of his efforts in defence, you can really tell he's been listening or working with Billy Slater down there because he'll make a tackle on one side of the field. The, the, other, the opposition team will shift, and he's there on the next play covering as well. So, And I think in the big games... 
saving those those tries and those sorts of efforts uh, almost as important as scoring tries. So, look, I think defensively he's so strong and he's such an attacking threat around the ruck that oh, I think every time he's going to be around the ruck in, against those middle forwards, Penrith are going to be concerned. Uh, Penrith showed enough promise and strength in that forward with James Fisher-Harris, who plays yeah. big minutes, James Tamo, who's a beast, Isaiah Yo, the workhorse, that says to you that they will stop Pappenhausen around the ruck. Yeah, I think yeah, Penrith are the best defensive team in the competition. I like Before last week's game, they only conceded 11 points on average. So you don't expect that to go back, you know, a long mm. way backwards in a grand final unless they just don't handle the occasion. Uh, Isaiah, yeah, as you said, has been great for him. He locked up the middle. Coruscant mm. is such a good one-on-one -on -one defender. So I just feel like the game's going to go to and throw, end to end. It's going to be a really good arm wrestle. Uh, that, that, that's the thing, though. Like you, Against a guy like Pappenhausen with his speed, you might be good 95% or 99% yeah. of the time, but the, the one time you clock off, he's going to pull your pants down. So the Penrith middle forwards have to be on their game for the whole 80 minutes. All right, this week I asked both Robbie and Noddy to come up with their unheralded hero, a player that won't be in the headlines necessarily this week with all the focus on the Kickers and the Cam Smiths and the Pappenhausens. So you've gone with a player that last year yeah. was a number one until round 22, was thrown in the deep end for Melbourne. He now wears a number seven. And he's been very impressive this year. Been very impressive, yeah. Jerome Hughes is the player that I, I think is very, very important. He had some criticism, I think, over the Melbourne Storm for the last two seasons on who their halfback was going to be. Um, I, I just felt like there wasn't a genuine number seven. And it is certainly very hard to replace Cooper Cronk. Um, but they just hadn't settled on it. And Jerome Hughes is kicking games first class. He was best on the field for him last week. Uh, he's certainly taking a leadership role and developing into a... A different style of play to Cooper Cronk, but certainly doing his job for the Melbourne Storm. Robbie, earlier this year we thought Cam Smith might be wearing the seven in the back end of the year for the Storm, but his development in big games against the Roosters, he was their best, and on the weekend he stood up in a prelim final. Yeah. Is, does he hold the key more so than maybe even a Cam Munster this weekend? Oh, look, he just has gone about his business week in, week out, and I know earlier in the year we spoke about uh, yeah, that we weren't sold on Jerome Hughes in the number seven role and whether Cam would move there at some stages and because they really hadn't mm. found that replacement since Cooper Cronk had, had moved on. And yeah, he, he's just done an outstanding job. I, I don't think he overplays his hand. He, he's, he knows his role. You've obviously got a dominant nine and a dominant six and he's just a fall in between them and, and he's gone about his business week in, week out and uh, he, he's doing it really well at the moment. On the flip side, you've got Nathan Cleary, who's the star for Penrith. Who knows where they'd be without his form. He's iced all the big moments so far. Robbie said his short kicking game on the weekend was great and it has been all yeah. year, but you think in finals that those moments don't necessarily come off. If you're Nathan Cleary, play the same game, go for those same kicks, or you, do you have to change your style? Yeah, I think so. I just I just always feel that a, a team that's scored a lot of tries off kicks throughout the season generally don't score tries off kicks in a grand final or state of origin football because more desperation, more urgency, you get less time to kick, uh, and it's obviously the best of the best generally when it gets to the grand final. So he has changed his kicking game from probably any other halfback in the competition. He just doesn't kick long to the corners. His bombs are really important. His long kicking game is important, but... I suppose it's that short little box kicks that land on top of the halfback mm. or the back rower's heads, as we see here. It's that unknown position of where the ball's going to land because everyone practices centres escorting for the wingers yeah. and bits and pieces. So, so he's changed that art this year, uh, yeah, especially this year, but I'm still curious to see how many tries they score off kicks against the Melbourne Storm. All right, we heard who uh, Noddy's unheralded hero was. What about for you and the Panthers, Robbie? I've gone with someone who I think his game has really developed. He used to be an edge back row. He's moved into the middle now. And Isaiah Yo, he just goes about his business week in, week out. He gets through a mountain of work in defence. He carries the ball strongly and he's, he's got the ball playing ability to, to link with his halves uh, and his other middle forwards. And you know, he really broke the game open 
on the weekend with, with an outstanding indivi individual effort to set up the, the match-winning try. And um, Again, he's not a player that's been mentioned. I, I think now, I think everyone's starting to realise how good he's been. I think he won Dalian Player of the, uh, sorry, Dalian Locker, Locker of the Year last year. It wouldn't surprise me if he, he gets a spot in the New South Wales Origin squad as well. And um, oh, I think it's well-deserved because, for me, he's definitely been an unheralded hero for the Panthers this he's year. He's certainly a big part of their attack, and you see yeah. him a lot of times. He brings... It's not the half that brings yeah. the back yeah. rowers off him. It's the, it's the lock ball playing to the front rower, to the yeah. back rowers. And he's always on that open, that biggest part of the field to, yeah. to set up the attack that then... Which then allows the halfback to be a pass wider that then allows you to get a bit further into the defensive lines. And, and it allows him to, to improve his running yeah, game because yeah. when the defence doesn't know whether you're going to pass or run, all of a sudden it opens up all the options. So And, and look what it created for him at the back yeah. end of the game last week. That was the play of the day last week. Yeah. The, the line break he made for the try that sealed victory for him against, against South, that was the play of the day. And as you yeah. said, it came on the back of a bit of fatigue in the middle, yeah. which will be very important to do against, against the Melbourne Storm. So he's going to have to play... Really good again. Uh, he's, he's probably copied uh, a, a Jake Trevojevic, hadn't he? He's turned mm. that role into the ball-playing lock now is back, yeah. which is a good thing to have in the game. Yeah, not only the play of that game. I interviewed him on Sunday. He said that was the play of his life. <laughs> game on the line, prelim final. Yeah, good is it that they, they give you yeah. all the mail because you're uh, the voice that, of... That interview yeah. 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 coming up on <laughs> it on a comm later this week. As for the Storm, they have such a good record against the Panthers. Since 2006, they've won 18 and lost three games, so 18 of yeah. 21. But this weekend, 40,000 at ANZ Stadium. Most of those screaming fans will be mighty Panthers fans, which is a bigger factor. And for any of those losses, were you the Penrith MC? No. Exactly. So... They won this year. They beat them at exactly. Penrith Park this year, didn't they? they so maybe... Campbelltown so maybe, back in round oh, six. Oh, may you, or may not have been. Oh. So maybe... History goes out the window because Zach Bailey's on board. But in all seriousness, mm. do those factors <laughs> matter this year with big stage? Melbourne will go in knowing that record. Look, I don't think it, psychologically it might. Yeah, it might be in the back of your mind knowing. I know when I played, you always had teams that you enjoyed playing against or you had a good record against, yeah. and you felt confident knowing that. Oh, we've beaten this team before, so I'm pretty confident this week. So, look, I think subconsciously it, it might play a little role, but. In a grand final, I think history goes out the window, to be honest. I think Styles hadn't matched up until this year. Because Melbourne Storm played that wear you down, kick to the corner, wrestle sort of football that Penrith haven't done for a long, long time. That's why that record is so high. Mm. And they had the big three for a long, long, lot of those victories as well. But the Penrith side in 2020 is very similar to the Melbourne side. They're happy to get in the arm wrestle. They kick to the corners. Yeah. They've got quality across the park. Best defensive unit. So... Uh, the numbers mean something, but maybe not so much this week. All right, I'll ask you both for a prediction at the end of the show, so sit tight, all right? In the meantime, there are still some tickets to this weekend's grand final, but they are going fast given we are at a reduced capacity due to COVID restrictions. Of course, not only the men's and women's grand finals this weekend, but Amy Shark is the grand final entertainment, homegrown talent, so make sure you head to nrl.com forward slash tickets. Get yours today. It should be a great day on Sunday for grand final day. All right, speaking of the women's grand final, it's time to preview the NRLW grand final for the third time in its history. This year, the Broncos chasing a three-peat. They're up against the Roosters, 4.05pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time at ANZ. The Broncos' quest for that three-peat is strengthened by the return of Amber Hall from a one-match suspension. In the centres, Jamie Frezard comes back in after missing the win over the Roosters with an injury. Dalian winner Ali Brigginshaw switches back to half-back and Taron Aiken to lock. In a further boost, Chelsea Lenarduzzi comes back into the starting side. No surprises to see Jamie Feeney make a heap
heap of changes to his lineup this week. Of course, Charlotte Kaslik won't play due to a back fracture, but Gillaroo Bovede Walsh is a chance of returning from a hamstring injury. She's named in Jersey 19. Shanice Parker is at fullback. Corbin McGregor is back in the centres while Bridie Parker is on the wing. Melanie Howard shifts to 5'8", with Zahara Tamara returning to the halves. Samima Taufa and Hannah Southwell return, so Kennedy Cherrington and Grace Hamilton drop back to the bench. And it looks like Amelia Murphy and Caitlin Phillips could miss out on a grand final berth. Ali Briginshaw last night rightfully took out her first ever Dallium medal. Her teammates went absolutely berserk behind her. Robbie, surely that gives her and these Broncos a boost ahead of what is another big occasion for the club. Oh, definitely. I think it's a, a huge boost. Obviously, she's their leader, uh, their, their captain and, and best player. And uh, as you saw last night, the scenes there of, of the emotion of the girls when she won the award, I think going into such a big game, I think it's a massive boost for them. And we saw on the weekend against the Roosters, yeah. she was fired up in a big way. She wants to show that it doesn't matter if you have NRL uh, rugby seven stars yeah. or whatever, I own this patch and we are the best team in the league. Well, she certainly owns the patch. She's a great player. She, and as you said, you know, got the Dalian medal last night. She was the World Cup player of the tournament in 2017. They're back-to-back -back premiership winners. And she's just a great run of the ball as well. It's, the kicking game is first class, but I love the way she just plays nice and square, challenges the line. And as you said, we thought this match last week meant absolutely nothing because I'll play next week and there's some players rested. But for her, it gave some bragging rights. It gave a bit of confidence. Um, they've been the best attacking side in the competition. Again, they've, they've won three out of three. They go in with great form. And they, all, they also know what grand final's all about because they've mm. been there and, and won the last two occasions. Robbie, do you think a team like the Broncos thrive on every year they're not the favourites going to this comp? And even Ali, this is the first time she's been recognised as the best player in the league. You saw that try. Yeah, like, yeah. That meant something to her. Yeah, surpri surprising to be honest. That it is the first time that she's she's won such an award. And um, yeah, look, I, I think as Noddy said, the experience of of being there the last two years, going in this year, uh, I think it's just going to be like clockwork for them. You know, they'll be up for the occasion. They obviously beat the Roosters last week as well. So, uh, big psychological advantage going into the grand final this weekend. All right, the Roosters. Uh, who holds the key for them up against this uh, mighty Broncos? Yeah, don't worry about last week. Jamie Feeney, I'm with you, buddy. You know, we beat anyone out there in the park. But, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Sahara Tamara, the halfback, um, you know, she obviously she was player of the round in round two. Um, they've, they've had different combinations with her. It's Again, she's going up against the best player in the competition as the opposition halfback. So that is something that you certainly do thrive upon and look forward to playing. And I also think, like Corbin McGregor, you know, she, she played fullback at the Sharks and I got to spend a bit of time with her last year and she's a great athlete so if she can play that fullback role and push through the middle and get lots of support and they can play sort of some momentum football then and I think the Roosters the Roosters have got a great boost of everyone's back this week so I think that'll give a lot of confidence to the players also thinking that we're hey we're we're all back we're all ready to go we lost last week but we didn't yeah. have our full strength side we saw the Raiders in the men's competition. Ricky Stewart rested a heap of his stars in the last round. They they got out of the blocks slow against the Sharks, but they got the job done. Well, how do you think the Roosters players will go after having you know yeah. a, a completely different squad this week compared to last? That, that's always a concern, isn't it? Especially in such a big game against such a quality Broncos side. You've you got to start fast. Yeah. Uh, if they're a bit sluggish at the start of the game, well then... Before you know it, the game's going to be over. So you'd like to think they're, they're fresh and ready to go. I think they understand the side they're coming up against as well. As Noddy said, they're coming off a loss last week. So that could work in your favour. Uh, as we saw uh, with the Raiders going out the, uh, against the Roosters last, uh, last week, 
wanting to exact revenge for the grand final last year. Sometimes, psychologically, you can go out there with more to prove after a loss. Um, I just don't know if the injury concerns are going to come back to bite the Roosters. Obviously, Kaslik not there. Uh, Bovetti Walsh, we're not sure whether she's going to be fit or not. Two key players. I think that's going to be a major uh, concern if she if she's not fit and ready to go. Before we speak about Bovetti Walsh, that result on the weekend, given there's yeah. so many changes, the Roosters made 11 errors, yeah. 31 missed tackles. Do they take anything out of that, or do they completely forget about it? They won't play that bad again. That, that's the positive. And as you said, they they were, they got lost by eight points in the end. I know there was a, a bigger margin than they caught back up, but certainly mm. they'll be saying, look, we've got our our stars are back, we're wrestlers and players. Um, you know, we've got one crack at a grand final. They've they've been expected to win the last three-year grand finals. They were pretty poor last year, so that motivation's there. And those 11 errors and 31 missed tackles, you, you can't think that'll happen two weeks in a row. All right, Robbie spoke about Bovede Walsh. Can you risk taking her into a match? You guys have played big games or would have mm. had teammates that have strapped themselves up or got needles or whatever, but this is a hamstring injury. Yeah. She's a Jill Roos player, but if she's going to play, she's going to have to hit top speed. Uh, yeah, hammies are a tough one, especially yeah. for, for outside backs. But I think, look, she's such an experienced player that I think you let her make the decision. Uh, she'll, she'll know herself, her own body. I think if she says she's good to go, as a coach, you trust her knowing that she's been around, she's an experienced player, she knows what's at stake as well, so she wouldn't go out there and let the team down. So, look, it's a risk, but it, it might be a risk you have to take. OK, and just back to that grand final experience, Noddy, uh, the Broncos, been there yeah. twice before, the same core group, the same coach in Kelvin Wright. He's brought this group together. The stability's there. Even if they have to fly down yeah. again for a third straight week... What will that experience do for them on game day? Yeah, oh, it'll be huge. And, and as we, you know, we mentioned about the experience of grand final day, hand on hand, it is a different day. It's a different game. It's not just a regular match. So your nerves start, you know, the day before. As you said, they're, they're flying down. They're nervous. They should be excited. They're full of confidence. They'll get to the stadium. Uh, they'll go out and have a look. And sometimes you're not even allowed to, you know, don't warm up on the venue because there's obviously things happening pre-match. You've got to warm up inside. All these things change on grand final day. So the fact they've been there, they've handled it, they know what it's about. Same coach, same captain, nice and calm. I expect them to start the game well and, and go in full of confidence. All right, cannot wait for the NRLW decider this weekend. Uh, if you're in Sydney and Brisbane, you can see it on Nine. If you're outside of those areas, it's on Gem. Uh, it's also on Foxtel, KO Sports, Sky Sports in New Zealand. As for the men's, you can catch that live on Nine and, of course, Sky New Zealand. And both of those matches you can stream using your Telstra Live Pass on the NRL app. So that wraps up both of those matches. Uh, for the last time in 2020, it pains me to say this because every time we rewind it and play it back on Tuesday, it's my favourite time of the week. Uh, prediction time. So we'll start with the men's. Robbie, I'll start with you. A prediction winner, Clive Churchill. What have you got for Well, me? I think that we both predicted at the start of the finals. Uh, we made our prediction. I said the Panthers, so I have to stick solid. I, have to, I think it'll be tough. Melbourne, obviously, uh, been there, done that. Uh, big game for them with Cameron Smith retiring, potentially. But I'll stick solid with the Panthers. OK. Noddy? Oh, I think the Storm win. Uh, grand final experience means a lot. It could be Cameron Smith's last game, so tiny motivation there. Uh, it's the only award he hasn't got, so I believe Cameron Smith will win the award on Sunday night. And I think they win by about an 8 or 10-point margin. The Clive Churchill? The Clive Churchill medalist. Okay. We'll go to Cameron a, Smith. With and he, that's the one award he hasn't won, mm, Cameron yeah. Smith. So... Uh, Clive Churchill, I think, obviously, Nathan Cleary is the obvious, obvious choice, I think, if, uh, if Penrith are to win. Uh, Nathan Cleary or Api Coruscant. OK, well yeah. said. NRLW is before that. And, of course, we've got the Karen Murphy medal and uh, the Broncos against the Roosters. Start with you this time, Noddy. Yeah, well, three in a row is extremely hard. 
So I'll say it won't happen in the women's either. I'm going to tip an upset here. I'm going to tip that the Roosters will win. Um, very close margin. I'm going to have them winning by four points. And I've got Corbin McGregor as the player of the match. Robbie, what about you? The Broncos for a three-peat? Broncos and Brigginshaw. Yep. Oh, Premiership. The BBs. Yep. Broncos right. and Brigham Shaw. Yeah. All right, they've been informed so far this year, yet to lose a game. Uh, speaking of the NRLW, our way is back tomorrow, 5pm. Katie Brown will be joined by Tasha Gale and Alicia Newton to uh, preview what should be a cracking contest on Sunday. That is 5pm right here on NRL.com. Inside the NRL is back next Monday at 5pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Make sure you join Katie Michael Chamas and Jamie Soward as they dissect all the big talking points out of the grand final day and look ahead to Origin. Of course, still four matches to go there with the women's included. You can find yesterday's Dally M special on NRL TV. Now, it's giveaways galore here on NRL teams, given it's a grand final edition. No, you've both got your S, what, SW23 earlier this year. Of course, one of Can't Robbie's favourite products. <laughs> uh, Chemist Warehouse are giving you the opportunity to call some of your favourite and greatest grand final moments uh, to win two tickets. That's right, two tickets to the NRL grand final and win a $500 family voucher. Here's an example, hey, of uh, what one of the contestants has come up with. First and down, he goes to Sherwin, and Sherwin dummies. Dummies again, he's dangerous, inside for El Masri. He goes to the line, I think he's held up. No, no, it's a try. His 100th try for the Blue and Whites of Canterbury, and they lead the Roosters 16-13. That actually wasn't one of the contestants. That was uh, NRL alumni Aaron Eastgate. Uh, a great entry. I'm not even going to try. But that is, of course, our NRL coach commentator, uh, couch commentator uh, competition. So simply head to www.nrlcouchcommentator.com.au to enter. Entries have to be in by 9am Thursday morning. Uh, of course, Ray Warren. Congratulations to Rabs. He calls his 46th NRL Grand Final this weekend, so it's only fitting that I get you to give me your best Ray Warren, Rabsy personation. Oh, is it, mate? Aren't you the voice of Penrith? Yeah. Aren't you the ground announcer that practices all that? Lead the way. You are the no, host. No, no. Lead, I, I, I think you should. I think you need to show some leadership yeah, yeah. and uh, lead yeah. the way here. Oh, yeah. Very now, what a tackle. Oh, you know what I used to love with uh, Rabs? How he used to say, how's him, El Magic? <laughs> it's always been Magic. I, I, I asked you off you know? air if you're going to give it a go. You go, no, don't, don't, don't. You've been... Yeah, because you showed it. me the way. Like, yeah. It was great leadership we've, we've from you. We've shown you the way, Noddy, oh, something. What have we got? Uh, Slater out to <laughs> Smith, to Slater, the Cronk. The big three are back together. Jeez, wouldn't that be good to see? The big three. All right, speaking of commentators... Uh, well, normally we stand here, or I stand here and say we'll see you next Tuesday, but we won't because this is our final show for NRL teams in 2020. So, Robbie, thank you for joining us this year, our Rookie of the Year, yeah. like the Tiger Harry Grant. You'll both be up on the scoreboard celebrating this yeah. weekend. Noddy, as always, our professional who always loves to give me some cheek. So, I won't be saying see you next Tuesday, but in the words of uh, Dan Ganane, who is one of the greatest callers of the modern game, goodbye. Goodbye! Brilliant. Goodbye!